become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. everyone we are back and it's a whole new year did you miss us get ready for some hell's a popping film television and pop culture talk thing working <laughs> hello everyone and welcome to another exciting just stupendous episode of etl news i'm your host the jaystrom and with me is steven the pop culture zealot hey what's happening hello steven how are you doing fantastic i haven't seen you in 22 days according to mixler didn't we, we didn't we go do something afterwards i can't remember we, we saw a movie no, we had seen Rogue One, so I don't think we've seen each other since then. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's so weird uh, that, you know, just... We did something. There was something. I can't remember. God, I'm old. I don't remember things. It seems like sometime during the break, like, I was like, no, we recorded that show on the break. <laughs> I think that is the last time we saw each other. When we recorded the Rogue One show, it was on a Thursday, and that was it. But, uh, Stephen, it's it's a new year. It's the 13th. It is. Friday the 13th. I didn't know if I was going to make it home today. When and, I, and a full moon. When I was a kid in school, <laughs> on Friday the 13th, I'd always hear, Hey, Jason, what are you doing tonight? It's Friday the 13th. I'm just feel like I'm murdering you. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to murder well, you're you. You're a teenager. You having sex tonight? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so it's Friday the 13th, Stephen, so, uh, yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the guys I was working with today, one of them was like, and it's a full moon, too, Friday the 13th. I was like, I'm not superstitious. I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> what does what? that mean? What I are they going to do? <laughs> How do you he was not gonna, taking... He was talking about going to a bar, going out drinking. It's like, okay, so is that any different than any other night, getting pulled over, arrested for drinking and driving? I don't know. You tell me. Jason! Yeah? Hello? Oh, I thought somebody called my name. Yeah, but uh, 
yeah, it's been a fun couple of weeks, I guess. 2016's over. Nobody's majors died yet. Yeah, nobody majors <laughs> died yet. Did you have a, a good, uh, did you get anything good for Christmas? I got some good stuff, yeah. Got some good stuff over there, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't even remember what I got. I don't remember anything. Something happened. Like, I lost my memory right when the show started. This old man. Oh, old. Leave me alone. Old man shakes fist at Cloud. <laughs> ah, curse you. Oh. There's some exciting stuff that uh, has happened recently, Stephen. One of them is the announcement of the Nintendo Switch. You know, we'd already heard about it before. Right, right. But last night they had this big, uh, like launch party, launch show. No, not a launch. They it was the kind of thing. Well, the, the, it was the launch presentation where they tell you the release date. That right. and that's why I'm saying a launch party when they're going to tell you it's it's opening. Or, right, and or, you know, like we've talked about Nintendo before. I haven't owned a Nintendo is in a long time. So I my Super NES. When I'd bring it over to your house and play or your apartment. I I don't think I ever owned a Nintendo. I always oh. had friends that had Nintendos. You had the Sega. We we had a Game Boy in the family at one time, but I'm like, yeah, my roommate uh had a uh a Super Nintendo. When I was younger, uh, my best friend Ray, he had NES that he would actually bring over to my house like like on the weekends he'd spend the night like all weekend and we'd just play like Metroid or Zelda. So I experienced Nintendo, but not I didn't own it, you know, but I played right. plenty of it. Because by the time he came over to my house, he's like, Oh yeah, you can play it, you know, he was done with it. But um <laughs> So with this oh, and by the way, Nintendo sixty four, uh I own, or I actually think of it as Emma's uh, Adam Howard sent that to us as a gift, mm-hmm. and I think that it, think of that as hers. Uh, but this new Nintendo Switch is coming out, and Emma has wanted a Wii U for a while just because she wanted to play some of those Nintendo games because she watches all those YouTube videos of people playing them or whatever, uh, those Let's Play and stuff. And I'm just like, we're not getting a Wii U. That thing is like, it was dead before it even started, you know? <laughs> I would the only way is somebody would have to give it to her because I'm not going to spend money on a dead system basically. Well, the Nintendo Switch, it was announced that uh, it will launch on March the third, which is very soon. Mm-hmm. And a certain someone, certain little lady's birthday is on that exact date. So Emma was like, it's destiny. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, I know what she wants for her birthday, you know. So we watched some of that. And uh, she, she, you know, the Zelda game does look awesome. Have you watched any footage of that yet? Just what we saw here. It, lo- it looks pretty cool. Uh, she's interested in that. She's played a little RPGs here and there. But uh, something like Zelda, it's like its own unique thing. She's excited about that. Uh, but... In this presentation, they also showed there's a new Mario game called Super Mario Odyssey that looks pretty friggin' awesome. Mm -hmm. But it said release date, holiday 2017. So that's like, oh, that's like, uh, people are thinking December, something like that. But Nintendo, it's, it happens all the time. They delay release game, the the releases of games because they're not done with them. So I'm worried that that one would happen. 
But um, Emma said all she needs is uh, Minecraft, and she's fine. <laughs> it's like, you already played Minecraft on the Xbox. It's right. Like, yeah, but on the Nintendo Switch, you can pick it up and take it with you. <laughs> so she can be playing Minecraft everywhere. And she hates that Pocket Edition. Like, you can play on tablets and stuff. She says yeah. it's not the same. And I understand what she means. It's not being the same. So uh, there's this story. Let's go ahead and start some stories. And we, I've got some voicemail later, Stephen. Remind me to play that. And we'll talk about some other things. But I just wanted to get into the Nintendo Switch right away. Last night, Nintendo confirmed the first wave of games that would be available for the Nintendo Switch when the console releases in March. Alongside The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, a new collection of mini-games... One two switch. Okay, this look goofy as hell. Um, you see the controllers to the thing. Yeah, they come off, but you can actually use them without the game itself. You can have one controller. I can. We can play a quick draw game where we uh, the thing vibrates and it means to draw, and we both point it at each other, hit the button, try to kill each other's, <laughs> and it'll sh- vibrate to say who won or who lost or whatever. So we can play a quick draw game like that. That might be fun for one day. Am I right? We How quick will that novelty wear off? Very fast. There's this other game called Milk. I've got to find this. You've just got to see this to believe it. There's this Nintendo game that you play with a controller called Milk. And it... No, I need to... Oh, good lord. <laughs> I see yeah, a you can't breastfeeding just... pump. I can't unsee that, Stephen. <laughs> Um, let's see. Holy cow. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. Wow, I, neither was I. What the hell happened? So you type in milk, you think you're going to see cows, and all of a sudden it's women's breasts. Yeah, I saw, uh, uh... Pumping... I, it's on breasts. Yeah, okay. Okay, I can't find it. Damn it. So, anyway, the whole point of the Nintendo Milk game is you play it with the controller. It's like motion controller... Um, Milking a cow? Yeah, and you both go like this, and you're both racing, trying to fill buckets of milk. And I'm just like, uh, I love this. The new Nintendo Switch lets you milk a virtual cow for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is like what it looks like. You know, look at your hands as you milk. And uh, it's like, see, watch when it starts. Ready and go. And they just start. Milk it! And you're pulling on the udder, you know, it's the controller, and you're milking a cow. So you got two teats in the background coming down squirting milk. Yes. How quickly would this be like, okay, well, we did that. Do you want to do something else now? Okay, this could get more awkward, could it? Oh, well, here's the damn trailer right here. Look at this guy's face when he's milking. They're way too excited milking these virtual cows. Yee-hee! And it shows you how to hit the buttons just right. That's the way you really milk a cow, teat. Yep. Look at that guy's face. Yeah. 
You know what I just picture? Because you're doing the up and down motion with your hand. Some parent peeking in on their kids, or you know, you got a friend over. You're sitting you're, there in front you of the TV. Back to it. Yeah, you're, you're both moving your hands. <laughs> what are you doing in there? It's like we're milking a cow, mom. What do you want from me? It's like, oh, okay, go ahead. I thought you boys were masturbating or something. <laughs> oh, not us. We're just playing Nintendo, mom. God, so hilarious. But uh, yeah, so those that game doesn't. It doesn't that scream. A, I've got to buy this console. <laughs> that would be a funny drinking game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's where you have a group of people over and you're all laughing. Oh my god, this is crazy. We're crazy yuppies. Third-party games like Just Dance, Skylanders, Imaginators are confirmed for launch day. Although the month will fill out the console's launch lineup a little bit more. Snipper Clips, Cut It Out Together, which is another cutesy game. And Has Been Heroes, which I have no idea what that is. Did the doorbell just ring? No. It's whiny. Whiny McGee. Oh, it's the whiny dog. I heard a... Or something like that. On Nintendo Switch's subreddit, one player said that despite being optimistic ahead of the lineup announcement, they were left feeling disappointed with the few titles the company had planned for the initial launch. That's what I gotta say. I watched this whole thing... And usually when you see like a Sony PlayStation or an Xbox One, they'll say, and here's our list of titles. They never did that. They just showed a couple of things. They'll have the uh, their premiere game, which is going to be the Mario Brother one. Yeah, we already, everybody knows that Zelda's coming out, but we didn't know the release date. Finally, at the end of the show, they showed the big Zelda trailer, and I was like, just tell me, when is it coming out? Right. Because if it says holiday season or April, I'm going to be pissed, because I don't want... Um, to sit on this game system I don't, for... Yeah, I don't want to buy a console and I have nothing to play. Months, eight months. Yeah. You want to buy something the day it comes out. Like, if you buy the console, you want a game to start playing right then. Right. Well, you don't want to milk a cow for six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at the end of the Mario trailer, it did say, boom, not Mario. The end of the Zelda trailer, Zelda. it did say March 3rd launch. So it's like, oh, good. So I went ahead. I know Emma doesn't listen to my show, so it's okay. Went ahead and pre-ordered it. And Zelda. And I have never... I don't think I've ever pre-ordered a console before in my life. Never. Right. This is like the first time. And uh, you can get it midnight the night before. So uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I probably won't do that. I'll go the next morning or something. But they have two versions. They have a version with a blue and red controller. Mm -hmm. and Or the neon controllers. And then they have just gray. And I couldn't get the neon, so I had to get gray. But uh, I doubt Emma will give a crap. They also showed Splatoon 2 and stuff like that. But I got to admit that there weren't any games that... I mean, I think Legends of Zelda... Uh, it might take Emma a while to play, but the one thing is like when she's at school, be like, uh, I think I'm gonna play Zelda. Get this <laughs> shot see. Yeah, I, I want to play the Zelda stuff. Uh, but it'll be it. It was kind of disappointing how few. I figured they'd have like ten launch titles. I'm not kidding, like ten at least. And they do have some games, like I just said, you know. But it wasn't. 
There's nothing major that you that just wants you you want to go play. The fact that they didn't say here are our ten launch titles made it seem like they don't want to we're talk about it ready. because we're yeah we don't really know you know we got Zelda that's all you're gonna play anyway for a couple of months right it's like yeah but what when I, when I'm done what am I gonna do <laughs> no you can take it on the go it's like I don't care what else can I play you, you can know? watch YouTube videos. <laughs> I can do that on my computer. Yeah. That's like, I uh, just, I hope she doesn't drop it, you know. Please don't drop it. But I got to admit, I was kind of, I get excited over console launches. I got excited watching it. I thought the whole concept was neat. You know, you dock it and you play it on your TV or you undock it and take it with you. And uh, Mario looked fantastic and all that. We'll see. Now, Stephen, here's another story. After, you know, we recorded our Christmas holiday special, uh, Carrie Fisher passed away the next day. Right. And it was really sad. I mean, it literally was like, I, Heather, Emma, and I, we went to the Modern Museum of Art, and we went with Heather's parents. And on the way there, you know, Heather's reading on her phone, oh my God, Carrie Fisher passed away. And we're all just bummed out, and we went walking around at those weird cause statues and stuff, and like just totally bummed out. And it's really sad. And then I see this story, which, you know, I didn't think it was true anyway that Star Wars Disney reportedly negotiating with Carrie Fisher Estate to continue Princess Leia. So automatically people are like, oh no, they're going to CGI her like they did in Rogue One in the next Star Wars or whatever. But there's been an update, but Lucasfilm has released the following statement quashing the rumor that they were negotiating with Carrie Fisher's estate to continue using the character of Princess Leia in light of the actress' death. As soon as, I remember Drew McWeeny tweeted about that. It goes, anybody that believes this story, and you know, I made a tweet about, wait, they just want me to click on this story, don't they? Uh, But Lucasfilm said, we don't normally respond to to fan or press speculation, but there is a rumor circulating that we would like to address. We want to assure our fans that Lucasfilm has no plans to digitally recreate Carrie Fisher's performance as Princess or General Leia Organa. Carrie Fisher was, is, and will always be part of the Lucasfilm family. She was our princess, our general, and more importantly, our friend. We are still hurting from her loss. Yeah, just like, this is like a couple of weeks later. How callous would it be? It's like, hey, let's uh, let's uh, CGI her in there in uh, episode 9 or whatever. <laughs> it's like, no. And it's, basically it was a clickbait story, and they had to come out and say, no, that's not true. That's really stupid. Uh, the original report followed Disney is reportedly negotiating negotiating with Carrie Fisher's estate over the possibility of Princess Leia appearing in future Star Wars films. The news comes from a recent BBC Newsnight broadcast, only available to watch for those living in the UK, which reports that Disney and Lucasfilm might be interested in digitally recreating the actress who passed late last year. At the age of six, she passed two weeks ago. It just makes it sound like a long time ago. So, okay, actually, the character belongs to Lucas or Disney now. So, why would they have to get permission from the estate? Yeah, I don't know. It's but it's just a <laughs> big dumb story. Because the whole big thing that Carrie Fisher was saying that I don't know. You watched? I'm sure you watched the 
she did her little stand up. I don't want to say stand up. Yeah, Heather and I watched that. Where she said, you know, she doesn't even own her own likeness rights. Yeah, wishful drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heather and I watched that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I watched it like right after. I haven't watched the documentary yet, though, with about her and her mom. And that's the no, craziest thing. You know, the next day her mom died. Just unbelievable. Really, Lucasfilm owns the likeness rights to Princess Leah. Yeah, but they they would never do that. They, you know, the thing I think I it's just it'd be because like, like an actress, you'd have to pay the estate. One thing I remember the that day, I saw a couple of people talking about it on social media that Carrie Fisher died that day. People were like, "Well, what are they going to do with Star Wars?" It's like, can you wait like one day to talk about this seriously? Yeah, dork, can you wait? Like, like one friggin' like, day um, to talk about your Star Wars and what they're going to do. It's like, this is really sad. She passed away, you know. Yeah, before her time, too. She, she was, was 60 a, years old. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's just like... 12 years older than me. Wait a couple of days. You don't need to talk about that shit right away. Like, yeah. what are they going to do, Steven? Episode 8, I hope she was done. It's like... Shut I mean, up. I, that wasn't even what I thought. You know, obviously, I, you didn't either. You know, no, I not until I read it, and I was just like, "Oh, come on! Why are you talking about that?" I was just like, "Oh no!" You know, I was just more sad that she passed. Yeah, you know? she like, she died. There was more to her than <laughs> just Princess Leia. You know, yeah. But uh, you know, and I love that they were going back and showing bits and pieces. I loved her in Drop Dead Fred. Yes, I mean, she was in a, a lot of movies. Oh, oh. She was a wonderful author. But another thing, yeah, I wonder. I hadn't read any of your books. I know? won't care what they do to with Leia until I'm sitting in the movie theater and I watch it. Right. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. Well, what are they going to do? You know, it's like I don't know. I'll I see. I don't care. It. I'll see it when I it mean, happens. I don't care about episode eight. Hasn't even come out yet. I'm let alone episode nine. I'm not going to worry about it. Right. So anyway, that's stupid. And the dog's so, driving me crazy. Already. Crate, baby, crate. Okay, Steven, have you seen the new Chips trailer? No, I haven't. Dak Shepard and Michael Pena star in an R-rated film reboot of Chips. I could get behind this. Dak Shepard <laughs> knows a thing or two about rebooting a beloved French franchise. Franchise. The word is franchise, right, Steven? Franchise. franchise. Yeah, this time around, the Parenthood grad is writing, directing, and starring in the big screen adaptation. Okay, he was... He was an actor. He was part of the cast of Parenthood. I guess that means he knows the thing about rebooting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he knows all about it. Since they rebooted Parenthood. Yeah. In the film version, which much like the forthcoming Baywatch movie, seems to be going for a 21 Jump Street vibe. Shepard plays John Baker, a down-on-his-luck officer for the California Highway Patrol, who's looking to fix things with his main squeeze, played by his real-life wife, Kristen Bell. He is joined by Ant-Man's Michael Pena, who assumes the role of Frank Llewellyn's Ponch Poncharello. A Frank Llewellyn... Oh, he's undercover as Ponch Poncharello. Vincent D'Onofrio's all in it, Maya Rudolph, Ryan Hansen, and Adam Brody. Shepard and Pena uh, appeared in character on Wednesday's Jimmy... Oh, who, who cares? He gives a shit. Okay, let's just watch the trailer. We're the California Highway Patrol. Without us out there? Oh, come on! What the heck? Someone could get hurt! Oh, was that preview to the trailer? We're the California Highway the Patrol. What's the point This job is crucial. Without us out there? Oh, come on! What the heck? 
could get hurt. California Highway Patrol think they have some crooked cops. They want you to go on the inside. Go in the cover within a department? That's awesome. We put you with a rookie named John Baker. So who am I playing? Francis Llewellyn Poncharello. Are the first two female names? <laughs> John, I like you. You remind me of my husband. He is really handsome. You've had 23 surgeries. You can ride a motorcycle, I'll give you that. Yes, ma'am. Like a mother. No. <clears throat> What's up? I'm John. Pontrella. Awesome, man. We're partners. Let's kick this off with the real what? thing. Oh, dude. You're homophobic or whatever. That's cool. No, 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 no. You think I'm homophobic? John Baker? The Baker? Oh, oh. oh. CHP. Pretty badass. <laughs> Being all suited up for battle. What, looking like UPS drivers? Super cool. Go brown, right? This job is my one shot at saving my marriage. What are you wearing? My uniform. It's like you're three beers too intimate. I'm a tough motorcycle cop. I got no emotion. What's your job? Find the dirty cops. Check it. You're FBI. Yep. Hey, we need to focus. Are you kidding me right now? I'm just like kind of powerless when it comes to yoga pants, you know? Let's get you out of this parking lot. You have a visible erection. You think you can ride with that? I don't know. We don't know who in this department is in on this. We're like Jay-Z and Beyonce. We are ride or die. I'm Jay-Z. What's your 20? I'm northbound. Southbound. You screw up this case. You're fight. You got a legitimate lead. We have a suspect's head. That's a victory. Nasty. I was trying. Just damn nasty. I need to get into some warm water. I'm not gonna carry you there. I saved your life oh yesterday. Oh my god! I knew you were gonna bring it up. Grab me and get it over Fine. with. Face plant in my. No, 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 no. There was no contact. I could have swore I felt either your nose or your lips. Nope. It looks like there's plenty of big jokes in the movie. <laughs> a, little, like a little bit of contact. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like, you know, 21 Jump Street type of yeah. thing. Just silly. Now, Steven, let me ask you this. You grew up in the 70s. Were you a big Chips oh, fan? Yeah. So was I. I watched Chips a lot when I was a week. Kid. Yeah, I I like chips a lot. Uh, it'll, you know, they're gonna keep making these. Might as well do them silly. Have you seen the Baywatch one also? No. Uh, There's the Baywatch one with the Rock. That it's the same thing where they're just being goofy, just right. like Twenty One Jump Street. Oh wait, it's almost like they're following a formula now. No. Formula. They're rebooting old TV shows, but they and make they them rated R comedies. Yeah, rated R comedies with lots of dick jokes and homophobic jokes. Oh. <laughs> Are you seeing something? It's a profit deal. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Uh, here's another. No, let me let me bump this back. I don't care about that. Let me go to this one. Woody Harrelson joins Han Solo's Star Wars anthology film. How cool is that? As long as you don't CGI Carrie Fisher, it's fine. Well, if Woody Harrelson <laughs> dies, they'll definitely CGI him in future films. But after a spate of rumors last week that Woody Harrelson was in talks with Lucasfilm, StarWars.com has confirmed that Harrelson has joined the cast of the as-yet-unnamed Han Solo anthology film, written by Lawrence Kasdan, directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller of The Lego Movie. Dogs making weird sounds. The young Han Solo feature will be the second of Lucasfilm. Yeah, we know! After Rogue One, we get it! Shut up! Okay, here we go. We couldn't be more excited to work with an artist with as much depth and range as Woody. 
His ability to find both humor and pathos, often in the same role, is truly unique. He's also very good at ping pong. Oh, well, that's cool to know. Do you think there'll be some kind of ping pong in the movie? Mm-hmm. Space ping pong. You're driving me crazy, dog. You're driving me crazy. So that's yep. pretty cool. They'll also, with lightsabers. Donald Glover's in it, and also Melia Clark. I like Donald Glover. Yeah. Nothing is known at this point of the sort of character Harrelson would play, but I'm going to keep talking anyway, so you'll keep reading my story. Um, no. Closing that out. Boo. Well, Stephen... Here's another stupid story. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds launches a new Deadpool Oscar campaign. That's right. Have you seen Deadpool? Yes. Did you, you? Did you like it? Yes, it was fun. I know Emma really liked it. <sighs> Getting the film made was no easy task, requiring leaked test footage and massive outcry from fans before Fox finally green, greenlit the Merc with a mouth in his long overdue standalone film. Although it seemed to take forever, it ultimately paid off for the studio in the form of $783 gazillion. Wow! And critical acclaim! Nearly a year since its release, Deadpool is basking in awards nominations. Deadpool and Reynolds didn't win Golden Globe Awards this week. Last month, each picked up a Critics' Choice Award. And on top of that, Tim Miller just earned a Director's Guild Award nomination. However, Reynolds is still holding out for the biggest honor, Oscar Gold. Taking to Twitter Thursday night, the actor unveiled a new campaign video for Deadpool. And unsurprisingly, it's pretty great. However... This isn't the first film's Academy Awards campaign. In February of 2016, just after Deadpool's release, Reynolds debuted a For Your Consideration poster featuring an Oscar-style trophy and all that's... Oh, shut up. So anyway, whatever. (laughs) Non-story. Oh, wait, Steven, I'm out of practice. Um, I should be doing this after all these stories. There you go. Um, No, let's move this back. Okay, here we go. Twin Peaks, Stephen. Oh, what the hell is this? Uh, my wife was working on the computer. Like, she can work, do through work. Right. And it'll pop up those session boxes. I don't know how to get rid of them. I have to reboot the computer, basically. Okay. Twin Peaks. Um, Heather is so freaking excited about Twin Peaks. She's re-watching the entire series. She's in season two right now. Season one is like what eight episodes or something, something like that. I've got I've got it. And season two's twenty two, and she's been watching that. She's been binge watching it. And it's funny because uh, she watched it much younger than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, she, we both. The show is very funny. Twin Peaks is really a funny right. show. But I will laugh at things. She'll go, "Why'd you laugh at that?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" She goes. It's supposed to be serious. And I go, I don't think it is. And she's questioning every time I laugh at it. I go, (laughs) it's so goofy. That's why I'm laughing. It's so funny. There's this part where the, this military guy tells agent Dale Cooper, he, they got these broadcasts from outer space. And it said this about the owls, uh, uh, the owls aren't, don't trust the owls. Don't trust the owls. They are as they appear. Or something yeah, like that. and he goes and he holds up this thing with all these numbers, like binary numbers. But right in the middle of it says, 
don't trust the owls and i started laughing at that she goes why did you laugh at that i go because it's hilarious he holds it up and it actually does say that <laughs> but um i'm a fan of twin peaks i thought it was a fun show i don't take it too seriously but twin peaks kyle mclaughlin is back and suited up in a new teaser steven now when you hear this about a teaser you're pretty excited aren't you yeah you're like oh my god first of all you'll find this a story like this on every TV type website you see, like right. new Twin Peaks teaser. Teaser. Okay, I want to show you the well, teaser. I've seen a few of the other teasers that are just the chair sitting. Yes. Playing weird music. This one, you're not going to believe it. Okay, ready? Okay, familiar music. Okay. Oh my God, what's going on? Julie Cruz will have a career again. <laughs> I just want that giant guy from uh, Adam's family to come back. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> it shows Kyle McLaughlin. He takes a step forward. Cut to black. Or a cut to the Twin cut Peaks. Cut to the Twin Peaks. Yeah. Town sign. Now, uh, listen to this story. FBI agent Dale Cooper is officially back on the case. Showtime has dropped the latest teaser for its Twin Peaks revival, offering a glimpse of Kyle McLaughlin returning more than 25 years later. Has he aged? I'm going to say yes. He looks much older. The teaser doesn't offer too many hints at what to expect, though it does show the town's welcome sign. Basically, it shows nothing. It's like, fish in! That's probably one of the best things. It's like, it gives you nothing. Yeah, it gives you nothing. Think about Twin Peaks and this new version of Twin Peaks is it rewards close watching. It's it was an original social media discussion show before the tools of fan engagement really existed. That's one reason why David is so particular about secrecy. It will really be another thing. I just remembered that I always laugh at Heather was always creeped out by Bob. You know, there'll be parts where, you know, like it's not Laura Palmer, but the, her cousin that looks just like her. Yeah. They'll be sitting around talking and then she'll look over like in the kitchen and Bob's like walking in there and she's like, Oh, and it'll show her she looks freaked out and I'll start laughing and it's like why are you laughing that's scary and I'm like it's hilarious this guy walks through the kitchen I'm supposed to be scared or whatever but it's like I think it's just so goofy I can't help but laugh right you know and I love the atmosphere by the way I it finally got to uh when uh, David Lynch put himself in the show as that hard of hearing agent he's like yelling really loud telling you stuff i think his character is hilarious (laughs) and also that one deputy who's talking about his swimmers all the time (laughs) it's a very silly show it's very goofy and i like the humor and i'm really curious of what they're gonna do when it returns may 21st a two-hour premiere steven i'm ready We've already got Showtime gearing up for it. Well, we're going to have to wait a while. All right. So that's exciting. You're excited about Twin Peaks? I am ready for it. All right. I'm a big David Lynch fan. You know that. Um, let me move this story back a little bit. <laughs> okay. The, <laughs> <laughs> that's just funny. The, yeah, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> the new X-Men sequel title may have just been revealed. 
oh yeah, I'm so excited for this X-Men movie that they're never that good when they come out. They're always just okay, but hey, let's get excited about the title, Steven. The X-Men are slowly taking over. On TV, we're getting FX's Legion. On the big screen, we're getting Logan. Or, and a Deadpool sequel. And New Mutants. Even after decidedly dismal X-Men Apocalypse, the film series that makes up the spine of the X-Franchise, is still planning on a further installment, and now we, we might know the title. We might. <laughs> We've known about the X-Men Supernova. Oh, man. They need to get... It's a champagne supernova. It should be X-Men Supernova in the sky. I'm a good singer, aren't I, Steven? Yes. But for a bit, it seemed like it was the working title for a New Mutants movie. But the most recent issue of the publication Production Weekly, which we all read, now has New Mutants and Supernova listed as two separate entities. Excuse my language. Indicating that there's going to be another movie added to the queue alongside all the others. Not only that... But the job site, My Entertainment World, another site that we frequent, has listed both films as separate projects on its webpage as well. I don't know about you, but it sure sounds like this is where the official series is going to next. We also know that there will be an X-Men movie shooting in Montreal, which is where the last two were shot. It could be New Mutants if that one is being fast-tracked, but since that one hasn't been completely cast, it might be more likely Supernova. As to what it's about, Brian Singer has given us some clues. He recently said that he'd like to go interstellar with the series, and there's one very big way they could do that. Dark Phoenix. Long story short, yeah, tell me about it. In that comic arc, Jean Grey is exposed to cosmic radiation. Short story long. <laughs> yeah, hey, who hasn't been? That unlocks the full potential of her powers. In order to control it, she sets up these mental barriers that the villain mastermind tricks her into breaking them. Of course. And she transforms into Dark Phoenix. Hungry for more power, she goes to space and eats the energy of a star, which again, we've all done, unknowingly killing an entire species living on a nearby planet using the star as their sun. Well, that's just not right, Stephen. The Galactic Council is convened. It's an accident. <laughs> and it's decided that she needs to be destroyed. And what are supernovas made out of? Stars. The answer is stars. The story has been told in the movie before, disappointingly used in X-Men Last Stand. Yeah, tell me about it. That was god-awful. But since the timeline has been retconned and a new Jean Grey has been introduced, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, there's no reason for the story not to go there. We'll know for sure once Fox gives us an official announcement. What do you think of that, Stephen? Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Now, here's some more exciting news. This one I'm excited about. Let me take a drink first, Stephen. Um, ah, man, that was, uh, that was a good drink, Stephen. Do you know what I'm drinking, by the way? Gasoline. <laughs> drinking gasoline. You guys, Peter Dinklage might be joining Avengers 
Infinity War. That is might. might. The story is not being confirmed. It could be total horseshit, but let's read it anyway. <laughs> In a possible effort to combine the two biggest franchise audiences out there, none other than Peter Dinklage might be joining the cast of Avengers Infinity War. Variety learned from some reliable sources that Dinklage, whom you most likely recognize as a children's books author, Miles Finch from Elf. <laughs> Ah, shut up. Don't quit your Jabe job. Of course you recognize it from Game of Thrones. Is in early talks for a key role in Infinity War. Isn't it bad when they make jokes? Yeah. Just tell the story. Report your story that Report might not even be true. story. Yeah. Is it MODOK? I know exactly. If they're going to cast Peter Dinklage in Avengers Infinity War, he's not going to be MODOK. He's going to be Puck. From Alpha Flight, the Canadian superhero team, all right? But anyway, they're speculating. Marvel wouldn't comment when Variety asked, which would mean, which could mean anything. But there's a pretty high possibility that this is true. Game of Thrones is wrapping for good after this season, so Dinklage will have plenty of time to retire fan-favorite character Tyrion. Tyrion is by far one of the best characters of the show much like Modoc is in Marvel Comics. And Dinklage's skill as an actor is unmatched, much like Modoc's intelligence. So it's not a stretch to imagine him hopping from Westeros into the Marvel Universe. He already was. He was in X-Men Days of Future Past. And that see what that got him. <laughs> no, he did fine in there. Hey, maybe Dinklage is Adam Warlock. But even more uh, unlikely, there are a lot of characters, Modoc, Dinklage could play, but his role has so far. <laughs> they're trying to. They want it to be Modoc. A stupid story. This is making me mad, Stephen. Um, Gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to throw on the story, Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Here's. Uh, have you heard that Ben Affleck's he's going to direct the new Batman? But then a story came out where like he's not sure about it. I think mainly he he has a new film out now, this right. gangster flick, and he's just like, stop asking me about Batman. I just directed a movie; it's in theaters now. Could you go see that? I don't want to yeah. talk about Batman right now. So then after that, people are like, oh my god, he's not going to direct Batman. What is he doing? Let's ask him. Ben Affleck gives the Batman update. He says, chill out. He's working on it. Ben Affleck is frustrated. Oh, my God. Why is he so frustrated, Stephen? I expect so much from him. I bet he wishes he never was, uh, you know. Batman? Yeah. Chef Ramsay is frustrated by Andy's laid-back attitude. <laughs> no, we're talking about Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Come on. He's <laughs> got the words mixed. <laughs> ben Gordon Ramsay. Oh, shit. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, 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 oh. There we go. So anyway, he's really frustrated. Frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. <laughs> And who could blame him? Anyone who dons Batman's iconic cape and mask is immediately the center of superhero fans' attention. Both positive and negative, Stephen. But Affleck doesn't just want to live in a Batman bubble and only be bashed about Batman. With Live By Night, Affleck told Jimmy Kimmel on Monday night, It took me a year and a half to write it and get it ready, and I worked really hard. 
and nobody gave a shit. <laughs> the actor compared that to the constant in- inquiries he's gotten about his solo Batman movie. I keep on getting, where's the effing Batman? And I'm like, I'm working. Can you give me a second? We're totally going to give you a second, Ben. Let's go ahead and listen to this story. Now, I do want to ask you about this, and I'm sure you're sick of hearing about it, but um, this is this was released over the weekend. This is a justice movie. That's you. Wonder Woman, Cyborg, The Flash, and Aquaman. You are by far the most muscular of the... Was that in the contract? Yeah, I make that look pretty good, don't I? That's not bad. Yeah. Are you going to direct the, the next I'm Batman? I'm going to direct movie? the next Batman. We're working on it. It's worth it. It's one of those things that's really frustrating because, like, with Live By Night, it took me a year and a half to write it and get it ready, and I worked really hard, and it's just nobody gave it. No one was like, where's Live By Night? Right, yeah, right. Where was Batman? I keep on getting there. Like, where's the Batman? I'm like, bro, I'm working. Give me a second. And if Casey asks you if he can play Robin, what will your answer be? I think we could go back to the tape. We go back to the tape. He better really. He better think twice at the yeah. Oscars when he gives that He's speech. Got a couple more chances. <laughs> ben Affleck. His movie is called Live by Night. And Open. Hey, I didn't have to read the story. All I had to do is play the clip, Stephen. Huh? All right, you ready for the next story? You're reading. Um, let's move this back a little bit. It's a shtick now. <laughs> Marvel's Netflix defenders We're never suit up. Read that story. <laughs> they suit That's up in their first bait. official. <laughs> I'm not reading that damn clickbait. The already streaming Marvel Netflix series has given us a taste. Wait, wait. The already streaming Marvel Netflix series has given us a taste of four major superheroes paired up. But we're nearing time for the defenders to bring it all home. So it is the Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist are all standing tall in a costume-happy first photo. See, they're all standing on a cab. They're not standing. standing at all. Yeah, they're, two, two of them are standing, more. two are sitting. I've seen two seasons of Daredevil. It's fantastic. I've seen Jessica Jones. I loved it. And I'm almost done with Luke Cage. I might have like three episodes left. I try not to binge it because I like it. I'm trying to watch one episode a week, but it's actually been a couple weeks because of Christmas and stuff. So you can but, watch like two in a row. Yeah, you know Luke Cage's power is he's bulletproof, right? Okay. And I last episode I saw in and on a cliffhanger, mortally wounded. And I was like... <gasps> he was hit with a spear, not a bullet. He's not spear-proof. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my God, you know, he better watch out for those... Mayan warriors, Steven. I have been speared <laughs> by Mayan warriors. That's right. You got to watch out for this Mayan warrior. set you up so well. Which, by the way, Steven. <laughs> yeah, you did. Thank you. Um, I just want to murder my dog. No! No, I'm kidding. I love you, baby. Just shop! Okay. Sorry, guys. Didn't mean to blow your ears out. But anyway, there's a picture of them standing on a taxi and it warranted this story steven it did i'm excited about defenders i want to i'm always wowed at what they do uh you've got to watch these series steven i do i need to daredevil's awesome i think the first season's finally coming out on blu-ray but uh let's hear this about the showrunner of the defenders he says this every one of them is following their own trail of breadcrumbs oh they must be hungry Trying to unpack a mystery in New York. We want them all caught off guard. Once they're in that room together, it's kind of like, oh shit, who are you? Ooh, I can't wait to see that, Steven. (laughs) 
What do you think? Should we let her out finally? Do you yeah. think she's going to go? Yes, she will. All right, Stephen, here's another story. Let me take a drink real quick. Stephen, guess what I'm drinking? Gasoline? How'd you know? Gasoline. <laughs> it's delicious. Okay, have you heard about Logan, the new Wolverine movie? course well the latest i've been meaning to i need to like uh credit these news stories i'm reading most of them are from uh uh different websites comics alliance uh polygon and this one's from entertainment weekly logan synopsis teases that weary wolverine mysterious young me- what does that headline mean Logan synopsis teases Weary Wolverine, Mysterious Young Mutant. Logan synopsis teases Weary Wolverine, Mysterious Young Mutant. Is that like Elmer J. Fudd, Millionaire? He owns a mansion and a young. <laughs> the future isn't looking too bright for Wolverine. He's so weary, Steven. Aw. Are you worried about old Wolvie? He hurt himself today. At least that's what the song says when he's playing. Wolverine, snickety, snickety, snowing. <laughs> the first official plot synopsis for Logan, released online by Hugh Jackman, notes a bleak final chapter to the actor's stint as the titular mutant. Oh, excuse my language, Stephen. Titular. Ah, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's called breasts. The description reads, breastular? Breastular. Oh, okay. In the near future, a weary Logan. Oh, my God, he's so weary. He cares for an ailing Professor X. Oh, he's ailing? Aw, that's so sad. <laughs> ailing. Yes. Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. Oh, but Logan attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are up. Logan's attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are upended when a mutant, a young mutant arrives being pursued by dark forces. <laughs> Patrick Stewart reprises his role of Charles Xavier for Logan, while the young mutant is Laura, played by Daphne Keene. As for the dark forces, or as for the dark forces, Boyd Holbrook's Pierce and the Reavers were confirmed to be the villains of the film. See Jackman's post. In the near future, a weary Logan cares for an ailing Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. <laughs> you just read that! But Logan's attempt to hide from the world and his legacy are upended when a young mutant arrives, being pursued by dark forces. Oh, okay. Stephen Merchant also plays the albino tracker mutant Caliban. Hey! How cool is that? Who's, uh, who's that? While Richard E. Grant plays Rice! The inventor of rice. Oh, okay. Mm, he named it after himself. That makes sense now. Fox screened 40 minutes of the film for the press in December, while Logan will have its world premiere at the... 40 minutes? Wow! It'll have its premiere at the end of the month in Berlin. Jackman has long been pegged Logan, directed and co-written by Wolverine's James Mangold, as his final outing as the character. Despite urgings from Deadpool's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he once uh that's a story I we weren't doing the show that it said Ryan Reynolds once um wants to convince Hugh Jackman to make Deadpool versus Wolverine. <laughs> I have to admit it would be pretty entertaining. Yeah. 
All right, next story. Um, let's push that back on. No, let's go ahead and read it. Okay, here's the story I've been pushing back this whole time. Yeah, push it back. Yeah, uh, should more, I read it? One more story back. Okay. Next. Lethal Weapon, Tom Cruise! <laughs> <laughs> Joe Pesci's character <laughs> from the films! And uh, Adam Sexton yeah. is really excited about this story. Um, remember the Joe Pesci character from Lethal Weapon? Uh, yes, Entertainment Weekly, we do. I'll like say the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh, those? And how he was a big pain for Riggs and Murtaugh. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> well, look who's about to be back. <laughs> e2, EW can exclusively reveal that Thomas Lennon... Oh, that's John Lennon's son, right? ...will assume the role of Leo Getz. By the way, Thomas Lennon, I think he's a very funny guy. He's the one that the, the in the new Odd Couple, right? That's yeah. The- uh, but Reno 911, that's yeah, like yeah, where yeah, you yeah, first... Yeah. But he's he's really a funny guy. He's going to assume the role of Leo Getz, the ambulance-chasing lawyer who looks to squeeze every drop out of each... Whoa, 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 whoa. Leo wasn't a lawyer. No. He was an accountant. Yes. And then he was a private detective and also a real estate agent. So I guess for the show, they're making him into a lawyer. Ambulance chasing lawyer who looks to squeeze every drop out of each petty crime. Leo will show up opposite Riggs and Murtaugh in February 15th episode. For now, Lennon is only said to appear in one episode as Leo. Her first showed up in Lethal Weapon 2 in 1989. After all, he's still got a full time gig on that other primetime reboot, The Odd Couple. <laughs> Lethal Weapon airs Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Um, are you still watching Lethal Weapon? No, I kind of dropped out. I kind of forgot about it. I, I watch it every week when it comes on, and I I like the show. I enjoy the show. I like their repartee still. Still think the action is goofy. It's uh, implausible and just, it's like, <clears throat> it's not, It basically when you watch action, you want it to be exciting. I'm mostly just kind of like shrug at it, you know. The the Lethal Weapon movies, the action was awesome. You know, rigs, emptying clips and stuff. Yeah. That's not part of the show. You know, it's more about their relationship, which is fine. I'm entertained by the show, but it's not about the action. The action is usually ridiculous. But them bickering with each other and Riggs getting to know his family and him thinking about his dead wife and stuff like that. They've got to stretch that out. In a movie, you're done in two hours. You yeah. know, Riggs is all better. You know, let's go on to the next movie. But in this, you know, we got a whole season to stretch it out before hopefully he gets some kind of closure. Season two, uh, change the dynamic a little or something. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we'll hear from Adam Sexton about that story later. Okay, I get it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. That's okay, okay. Okay, okay. It's okay. 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 I already think that there's no way that Thomas Lennon does that. He's going to do his own thing. What do you say? He's going to be funny. All right, Stephen, the last story of the evening. One I've tried not to read. I've for fear that it's just too stupid. But Duncan Jones has big ideas about a Green Lantern movie. Duncan Jones, director of Moon, Source Code, and Warcraft, might not have a stake in the upcoming Green Lantern movie reboot. Reboot? I said it like I was Canadian, didn't I? Reboot. Green Lantern Core. Is it Green Lantern Corpse or Core there, Core. Core? Green Lantern Core? 
part of Warner Brothers' shared universe of DC Comics-based films. But that hasn't kept him from chiming in via Twitter with a few ways he's thinking about cinematically troubled hero. The cinematically... Man, I'm not doing too good. He's tweeting about what he thinks could fix Green Lantern, guys. Chief among his recommendations, make the Emerald Gladiator work for his wins. Make the hero a simple-minded jock who has to come up with imaginative... Imaginative? Jason! Imaginative... (laughs) New ideas every time he uses the ring. The hook in the dumb jock version of Green Lantern is that he has the power but lacks the wits to use it. Endearingly frustrating. The Lantern Core ring has seen numerous iterations. Hey, wait, what? This is my favorite word. Steven? Iterations? Since the character's introduction in 1940... But these days, the rings are largely used to conjure shining green constructs, willed into existence by the ring bearer, the power of which is determined by the bearer's willpower. In this way, Jones's recommendation would have real cinematic legs, while the rings amplify the specific skills of the bearer. What if said lantern was profoundly unoriginal? How would the ring react? Jones tweets followed this week's news that Warner Brothers has tapped Dark Knight trilogy writer David S. Goyer and Justin Rhodes to write the script for the Green Lantern reboot. Details are murky now, but the film is expected for release in 2020. As for the director, unannounced at this point. Okay, I love Duncan Jones. I love Moon. I love Source Code. We saw Warcraft, which is a very flawed film. I love the CGI orc story better than the human story. Right. Um, We were kind of watching a train wreck watching that movie. Right. It was ambitious, but it was kind of a train wreck, right? Mm-hmm. It was just so silly to... <sighs> what they were trying to pull off. Right. Uh, I think if he comes out with like a three hour director's cut or something, we might see a story, but all the humans look like they're in costumes on sets. That's a problem with it. Right. But I I think if he made a green lantern movie, that would be friggin' awesome. You know? So that's it. That's the final story. Um, Steven, we have some voicemail, which we'll get to. Don't let me forget, Steven. We won't forget. Uh, but now it's time for Reading Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right. The first movie I want to talk about is Live by Night. Ben Affleck's new movie. No huh? wonder they didn't want to talk about it on the... Yeah, uh, well, I want to talk about it. I First of all, I think he's a good director. I love the town. I thought he did a great job with that movie. And he also did, uh, uh, what was the uh, the first movie he directed? Uh, shit, shit, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It was something about a little girl got kidnapped and um, I don't remember what it's called. You guys, tell me. But anyway, uh, I think that Ben Affleck is a good director. So he's directed a new film called Live by Night. Ah, uh, come on. That's a bunch of horse shit. Ben Affleck writes and produces and stars in in this adaptation of Dennis Lehane's sprawling crime novel centering on the prodigal son of a prominent police chief. Gone, baby, gone. That's right. My wife hated the ending to that movie so much she was mad at me. Have you guys heard? (laughs) Ken, this... I've watched movies with my wife where I'm like, you got to watch this. Let's watch this movie. And she'll hate the movie so much that she's mad at me after the movie's over. I'm like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I remember, where was that movie with Dennis Quaid? 
and uh, Matthew Fox, something about time where it keeps going back 20 seconds or what is that movie called? Oh man. Um, uh, it's, uh, what is it called? I can't remember. It's so bad. Oh, deja vu. Uh, not deja vu. It's like stuff happens, but then they go back and they showed you why that happened or something. It keeps rewinding the end. I remember afterwards, I was like, well, this movie was annoying. And Heather was like, why did you make me watch this? And I'm like, well, we just rented a movie. It was a blind rental. I don't know. It's not my fault. And she was pissed at me the rest of the night. So you got to be careful. But she does love Ben Affleck. So maybe this uh, prodigal son of a prominent police chief and his gradual descent into the criminal underworld will be good. Let's see what reviewers have to say. Let's go ahead and let Baby out. She's driving me crazy. What do you say, Stephen? Sure. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. <laughs> what is that movie? It's called, like, Quantum of Time or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? State of Time. Quantum of Time. Time quantum-ish. Wait, let me take another drink, Stephen. Gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was delicious gasoline. Uh huh. I'm going to look up this film to. You know what's funny is I remember Vantage Point. Was that it? Vantage Point? Vantage Point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That movie sucks so hard. And anyway, it was so bad that uh, she was angry at me. She eventually forgave me. Bruce Kirkland of the Toronto Sun says, Live by Night is a solid, interesting, but sprawling and often overwrought gangster picture. I give it a 3.5 out of 5. Oh, okay. Brian Tallarico of RogerEbert.com says, A footnote in the history of cinematic mob stories. I give it a 2 out of 4. Wow, he doesn't even have a 2 out of 5 scale. It's 4 stars, and that's the best you can do. Kate Taylor of Globe and Mail. Globe and Mail? Here, the outlaw as hero trick just doesn't work. We can't both sympathize with Coughlin's moral quandaries and thrill to his crimes. Um, maybe it's Coughlin. I don't know. Adam Graham of the Detroit News says, It sure looks great. It was lensed by Tarantino regular Robert Richardson. And it's gangster movie tropes are familiar, yet they're welcome. I give it a B minus. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, Peter Howell of the Toronto Star. Oh, a lot of Toronto paper, Stephen. I guess it's a big place, right? Yeah. Affleck falls prey to the occupational hazard of wanting to create his own myth. As he produces, directs, and writes and stars in a flaccid screen adaptation of Dennis Lehane's Prohibitionary Crime Novel. I give it a two out of four. Okay. Oh, oh, oh let so me sad. see, guys. What are you guys saying? I tried to show her Lynch's eraser head, and soon as the mutant baby showed up, she bailed. <laughs> then she couldn't sleep. Oh, my God. Eraser head. I remember my dad. Okay, this is how effed up my dad is. I'm probably Emma's age. No, I was probably younger, like ten or eleven. My dad's like, "Hey, we're gonna watch a den- uh, we're gonna watch this movie called Eraserhead," and we all sat down. And have you ever seen Eraserhead? No. David Lynch's first film. Yeah. It's so effed up. 
It's so effed up. And I'm a little kid going, I can't watch this anymore. And I bailed on it. I totally bailed. And uh, I can't do it, man. And if Heather ever asked me if she should watch Rachel, I'll go, no! (laughs) (laughs) It's not that you've seen worse movies. It's just so strange. It's like someone taking a jackhammer to your head. (laughs) You know, the entire time you're watching it. Okay, Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times says, Misgivings aside, I was enjoying Live By Night as a guilty pleasure of sorts and was on the verge of giving it a qualified recommendation until the last 10 minutes, which are equal parts predictable and way, way over the top. Instead, I give it a 2.5 out of 4. What is with the 4? Is it just to be different? I'm going to give things out of 6 stars, Stephen. How's that? We'll do three and a half. Andrea Chase of Killer Movie Review says, If only we were given a plausible reason for Joseph battling through a bloodbath in a white linen suit and not getting a spot of anything on him, even sweat. Oh, one of those type of nitpickers, huh? <laughs> Where's the blood? Well, maybe he has a good dry cleaner. He's got, what is it? See, Scotch guarded his suit. It just rolled right off. <laughs> Scotch guarded. Yeah. I could see that. Let's see. Jeez. Who else we got? Uh, so picky. Christian Toto of HollywoodIn2.com says, Live by Night is the kind of mess you'd expect from a fallen auteur, not the man who skillfully revived his career post Geely. I give it a 1.5 out of 4. Ouch. That one hurt. And I didn't even have anything to do with the movie. I was going to give it a 1.67. Nice! Stella Papa Michael. That's right, Stephen. Stella Papa Michael of the Radio Times. Why did she Papa Michael? <laughs> I don't know. What there did he do? <laughs> what did Michael do? She Papa Michael. Ah, Papa Michael over here. There's rarely a dull moment. But if Affleck had thrown more light on the darkness corners of Joe's mind, look by night. It could have been a classic. I give it a three out of five. Oh, wow. They just drove away. That's crazy. Um, One more. One more, Stephen. Oh, May Abdulbaki. Mm -hmm. May Abdulbaki of the young folks. What? Live by night. Wait, this is a woman, right? I, I would think. Live by night doesn't know what it wants to be. Or what direction to go in. And it becomes tiring to watch Affleck's attempts at figuring it out. I give it a 4 out of 10. Wow! Is that 10 stars? 4 out of 10 stars. I like the way I like the way Everybody, she thinks. Everybody's got their own. Okay, Stephen, this next movie is going to be pretty hard to read about. Because it's called... Um, I'm going to let you read the name of the movie. I'm afraid to. Come on, read the name of that movie, because I'm not saying... He'll come and get me. (laughs) (laughs) Say it! Come on, Steven, what's the name of this movie? (laughs) Bye-bye, man. Oh, you said it! That's right! The movie's called The... Bye-bye, man. I'm waving. See you later, man! (laughs) Ah, I cheated! See you later, man! (laughs) She got a stoner... Killer come at you. Come to check you later, man. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, wait, wait. I forgot to tell everyone that uh, Live By Night is a 32% rotten at this time, but it could improve, okay? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how, but 
the see you later man the check you later man is currently 27 percent rotten that's right 12 fresh reviews 32 rotten and here's the story people commit unthinkable acts every day time and again we grapple to understand what drives a person to do such terrible things but what if all the questions we're asking were are wrong wait wait but what if all of the questions we are asking are wrong what if the cause of all evil is not a matter of what but who <gasps> from the producer of oculus and the strangers comes the check you later, man. <laughs> a chilling horror thriller that exposes the evil behind the most unspeakable acts committed by man. When three college friends stumble upon the horrific origins of the check you later, man, they discover that the there is only gets some high and goofed up shit. <laughs> There's only one way to avoid his curse: don't think it and don't say it. But once the check you later, man gets inside your head he takes control is there a way to survive his possession debuting this friday which is today so i shouldn't have read that doesn't make any sense but anyway guys let's read some reviews of Jiculator man <laughs> luke y thompson of the village voice says it may be that i'm assessing on a curve because it's january but if you miss the slasher icons of old and have little patience for the reboot attempts they get periodically, it's nice to see at least a worthy attempt to add to that pantheon. What? Uh, okay, then let's move on. That guy confused me. But uh, it's fresh. Peter Sub... Peter Sub... Peter Subzinski of RogerEber.com says, to think that everyone here intended to make a movie... This utterly lifeless and banal from the outset is infinitely more frightening than anything presented on screen. I give it a 0.5 out of 4. Wow. Whoa. That's a bad review. Let's check out what Adam Graham of the Detroit News says. He says, it keeps you guessing, if only to find out, uh, is that all there is? I give it a C-. minus. Below average. Okay, there he goes. Despite any tentular... Oh, there's that word again. Why is everyone being dirty tonight, Stephen? Breastular. Titular. <laughs> Despite any breastular trepidation, there was fun to be had, and even some cultural relevancy if you decide to say hi to the... Chagulator, man! <laughs> this horror movie has a hook that's sharper than it sounds, okay? That sounds like a... Hmm, I don't know. I'm not going to click on that. Jude Dry of IndieWire says, The husband and wife team of director Stacy Title and screenwriter Jonathan Penner don't break any rules, but they still manage to deliver an effective genre effort. I give it a B plus. Okay. Norman Wilner says, It's not a good movie. Exactly. And there are certainly better horror films around. But if you want to waste an hour and a half jumping at shadows, the... Oh, man, I almost said it, Steven. <laughs> the check you later, man, will certainly do the job. I'm not letting this guy come after me in this horrible movie. Mike McGranahan says, The check you later, man, 
is one of the most amateurish wide release movies I've ever seen. Why would anyone, why anyone thought this thing was a good enough shape to warrant an opening in more than 2000 theaters is a mystery. I give it a one out of four and shame on you and your entire family. Oh my God. Husband, wife, director team took it in that one. Yeah, Catherine McLaughlin says, although it lacks originality, it plays a little better than the silly title suggests. I give it a two out of five. Okay. James Vernier says, a better poster than film. It follows meets Ringu in a bad way. I give it a C minus. Come on, there's got to be somebody better than this. Where's the Lyle's Movie Files guy? I mean, seriously. Didn't watch it. Oh my! What if he did see it, but he said his name and he got him what bef- before he could read the rev- write the review? What if the check you later, man? Oh, we're totally doing a spoof, Stephen. <laughs> Frank Switek says a grab bag of hand-me-down horror movie cliches confusedly. Wait, confusedly stitched together without much visual flair. Its promotional tagline, don't think it, don't say it, should really be expanded with, don't Don't see it. it. (laughs) I give it a D plus. Roger Moore says, you know, former James Bond, I trust Uh him. Don't fear the Reaper kids. 1.5 out of (laughs) 4. All right. Well, you guys be sure and see that. The Chickulator Man. <laughs> the Chickulator Man. <laughs> One more. Patriots Day with Mark Wahlberg. That's right. Peter Berg directs this, you guys. We know how it's going to end, don't we? There's, yeah, yeah, I think we do. Okay. An account of the Boston Marathon bombing Patriots Day is the powerful story of a community's courage in the face of terror. We know what it's about. It's directed by Peter Berg. Currently, it is 79% fresh. That's right. John Swanberg, though, of Slate says, a film content with the charming, if chuckle-headed, cartoon of the Boston local that Wahlberg has regularly inhabited throughout his career. He's a chucklehead. Yeah. Peter Rayner of the Christian Science Monitor says... The film, which swivels frantically between first responders, survivors, and investigators, has a percussive force. I give it a B minus. I especially love the end credits with heroes covered by Peter Gabriel. Oh, okay. Barry Hertz of the Globe and Mail says an efficient, and intense thriller that mines the best tropes of the chase genre. That's pretty good. Let's let's find some terrible reviews. Ray Pride says. A superhero in his ability to be in every single location that matters. A teenage boy savior fantasy. If only I am always in the right place at the right time, I will be the greatest hero to my friends and family and my town has ever known. Wow. I think he's got a problem with Mark Wahlberg, doesn't he? He does. Blake, he doesn't like that chucklehead. <laughs> Blake Goble says... At its best, there's a frenetic authenticity to the plotting, but at other times it reads like schlock, recalling the pulp realism of Dirty Harry and Black Sunday. I give it a C. You're not old enough to use the word schlock. (laughs) Randall King says, 
while the film has its moments of real potency. Wait, he sounds a lot like Blake Goldblum. He does. Both Burke and Wahlberg bullishly proceed with a certain tone deafness to the nuance of it all. I wonder if he knows Blake Goble. He sounds just like... Oh, wait, what if it's the same reviewer? He's got two different names, and he reviews multiples. He gets extra cash for it. If he used the word schlock, you would know 100%. Yeah, you're right. James Bernadelli, or Barrera Dinelli. James... Barrera Dinelli. Barrera Dinelli says, Berg's Chronicle of the 2013 Barrera... Boston Marathon bombings and the subsequent manhunt in his first-rate docudrama. I give it a three out of four. You know what was on recently? Um, the uh, the Peter Berg movie that he did, The Kingdom. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good stuff. It's very difficult to watch at times, but man, it's got a hell's a pop and shootout at the end, doesn't it? Yes. Just, just what do you call it? like white knuckle? edge of your seat just like holy crap kind of thing there's this one part where jennifer garner stabs a dude in his skull with a knife and i remember in the theater people were like yeah get him girl (laughs) get him girl (laughs) that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about check you later man (laughs) it's a check you later man (laughs) It's we cast Rory Cochran from <laughs> Tasting Confused as the Cheeky Later Man. Norman Wilner of Now Toronto says, like Deepwater Horizon, it's better than I expected, albeit nowhere near as good as it might have been. <laughs> I give it a two out of five. <laughs> oh my god, he just killed himself. Wow. Okay. Well, that's the end of Rotten Tomatoes. Let's read Rotten Tomatoes, unless we have something else to read. Uh, anything, Stephen? Oh, can't wait till January 20th. Triple X Return of Xander Cage. I can't wait to read those reviews. Well, guys, I guess that's our show. Steven, anything to remind me of? Me? There was something you told me to say. Something? Do you remember? Does um, anyone remember what... Uh, like um, emails? Oh, you read some emails? Emails? You want me to read some emails? Wait, no, no, there weren't emails. It was something else. Something like emails. 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 Something the word with the married mail in it. Did somebody leave you a... Uh, A what? A a word mail? A a word mail? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Voice. I never thought I'd have to hear your voice again. Oh, voicemails. voicemails. Yeah. There's words in the mail. (laughs) Out of section wrote, Jesus, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're trying to fill time over here, okay? Okay, our first voicemail. uh, Adam is being punished, so I won't play his first. We'll we'll read. We'll play Ken Provenger's voicemail. He saw Rogue One, and he wants to tell us all about it. Right on. Let's check it out. Well, hello, and Happy New Year to everyone at Entertainment Landfill, and that's Jason, Bill, and Steve, and everyone else listening. And I thought I'd give you a New Year's voicemail to say hello and to give you my thoughts on Rogue One, which I finally saw about five days ago here in Tokyo. So we got it about the same time as everyone else. And, well, I'll try to be as positive as I can. 
So I'll tell you what I liked about it, and then, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. So so this movie, uh, what was really interesting about Rogue One, and I didn't know this was going to be part of it, and that's maybe why I liked it, because it, it didn't go, it wasn't what I was expecting, which is uh, about... 90 minutes in, when all the characters get together and the rebel leadership is talking about what are we going to do with this young woman, Jin, who's telling us that there are these plans out there we need to get, and do we believe her, and is this a worthwhile mission, and there's debate. I thought that was really interesting, and I wanted more of that because I'm getting involved in what the leadership of the the, the rebels uh, is is thinking about as they're committing to this mission. And, you know, Star Wars, the first one, so episode four, they showed us how people commit to, uh, to, the, to the rebellion, but they showed us in terms of individuals. So we had Luke who joined because he had nothing and he's just what he wanted. He wanted adventure. And and then we have Han Solo who he joined out of uh, a change of heart, I guess he became, uh, he became committed to a cause bigger than himself. So that that was about individual commitment to a cause. Well, with this movie, uh, Rogue One, there's this opportunity to show how the group commits, how the Rebel Alliance commits to this mission, which is practically a suicide mission, right? And what are they going to do? What are they going to base that decision on? And so the fact that they were not believing Jin because she just got this weird statement from her father, who's not someone they trust and, you know, that can they prove that he said this and can they even prove that what he's saying is believable? You know, I really was enjoying that. Uh, but of course that was, that was a little late in the movie for that, to show, for that to happen. And then you have the whole climax of the you know, big battle scene, the getting of the plans. That was the big climax. And I just thought, well, I don't know. I, I, I just felt like there wasn't enough, of uh, there you wasn't enough thought put into what that decision meant, really. And the whole idea of the rebels needing to get the plans, like they needed to break in to this base and they needed to steal the plans, like physically. Uh, I, I don't know. I just felt like that was kind of stupid <laughs> because because if you think about it, uh, once stuff starts blowing up, uh, and once the empire realizes, oh, uh, there's something going on here and maybe it has something to do with the plans. I don't know why the whole place doesn't get blown up immediately. <laughs> like, it's just so stupid that the empire just, it's like the plans are there waiting to be stolen and the empire stupidly lets them get stolen physically. And and if I had to rewrite this movie, which I, of course I, I I will not get that opportunity, but like why not tell this? Uh, why not have the plans leaked, or why not have them stolen from someone inside? 
So in other words, you have someone inside the empire who has a change of heart and decides to commit and then, you know, gets the plans out somehow. And then you've got an issue where the rebel alliance has to then debate whether or not to believe this, this leak, you know, do we trust this source? Uh, uh, because, because what the plans are saying is the death star has one tiny little area that must be blown up for the whole thing to blow up. And so the rebels have to believe number one, that that area exists. Number two, that it will blow up the death star. Uh, and, and number three, that if they do this, then, um, it all has to be kept secret because the empire can't know that they know because if the empire knew that they knew, then the empire would just figure out a way not to allow the, that little area of the death star to be blown up. And I felt like all of that was just glossed over and maybe I'm getting too into it. Maybe this is a little too plotty, like, like too logical, but I don't know. I feel like uh, there was a really interesting movie that could have been made from this idea of get you of leaking information that if you believe it will will definitely will definitely uh, create a suicide mission. Um, but then the the rebels they had to do it anyway because the Death Star was coming for them. The Death Star was going to blow up Yavin Four or whatever. So no matter what, the rebels had to attack the Death Star. They had no choice. Um, the whole well, issue was, can they hit this one little spot that, and the hitting of that spot had to be kept secret. Um, and how did they get that information? And how did they believe that information? I don't know. I just think there was a, a huge opportunity wasted because, I don't know, it's it's... The whole first hour, an hour and a half, all these characters are all over the place, breaking out of jail and going on these side quests and and being introduced in weird ways and jumping around from planet to planet. And I, I just didn't care, you know. I I didn't care about Jin and her dad. I mean, I mean, what is this with the Star Wars series and dad issues? You know, uh, <laughs> everybody's like, an orphan. The reason it's so interesting that Darth Vader is Luke's father, it's not the fact that that it's Luke's father. Like it's not the fact that it's it's his father. No, it's it's the fact that here's a guy who apparently had been trying to kill Luke and who Luke thought was his greatest enemy, turns out to be his father. This just being someone's father. I don't know. Maybe because I'm not a father, I can say this, but just being a father i don't think is a dramatic enough reason to do this or or to, to compel someone to do this or that oh my father said this therefore you know i that's so meaningful you know i think um i think that's a misreading of of the dramatic interest in the fact that darth vader is luke's father i mean darth vader could have been luke's brother and it would still be you know pretty dramatic <laughs> Or, or cousin, or you know, um, or fourth nephew once removed. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so I guess Harrelson I'm rambling. But dad? I, I just felt like there was a really interesting core of this movie, which is how the Rebel Alliance made the decision 
to basically go on a suicide mission at the end that's pretty uh, cool (laughs) to you know but then it was it was self-protection they had to do it but it was just a matter of how they did it and the information they they used to succeed um and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I watched recently the movie Glory the mm. from 1990, I think it was, uh, about the the first black regiment of yeah. the United States fought for the North in I the Civil War. About that, that and at the end of that movie, you see this, and this is, based, of course, based on history. This really happened. And at the end, this, um, this uh, the, the, the 54th, the 54th... Um, they uh, went into this suicide mission against a Fort Wagner, I think it was, and a lot of them, well, most of them died. But the movie really makes you feel the sacrifice, like the nobility, like the, what they did. You really are moved the by their decision to do it. Um, but if you remember that movie, before they go to Fort Wagner, you see Fort Wagner from a distance and you see all these shells exploding around it and stuff. And then, and then some guy in charge of the mission says, okay, we have intelligence. We have information that there is one weakness in this fort. And it's this little area that you go up in the middle and all this. And, um, you know, okay, that's a, that's a little piece of information. Uh, the getting of that information I don't think is as dramatically interesting as the 54th committing to the mission. So I think Rogue One really got confused. The people who made Rogue One really thought that the getting of information about the weakness of the Death Star was dramatically interesting. And if you plug in, uh, uh, if you plug in a, a distant father or a father figure in there, you can motivate certain people to do certain things. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to debate with you guys. Or not, I'm not saying you guys are wrong, you are. Um, but I am Ken. saying uh, I, I really appreciate the way you guys uh, praised the movie and enjoyed the movie. And I don't think you're sellouts <laughs> Un- unless you start uh, advertising, you know, uh, Disney, pr- Disney merchandise uh, on your podcast. <laughs> and the right then I'll start wondering, like, where you guys are coming from. But We're know. ready to no, sell no, out. I think you guys have <laughs> are, uh, are, are really great. And here's to a an, another great year for you guys. I hope you are as active as you have been. And um, I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye now. Thank you, Ken. It's always great to hear different point of views of a movie. And I'm a very mature individual. I do not think you're uh, an a-hole, as you said in chat. <laughs> um, you know what? This this is totally off. Well, I'll say this first. When you were talking about Glory, I kind of mentioned on that episode that when I watched Glory as a kid, the ending I totally, I don't know if I was a dumb kid or not. You know, I was into action movies or whatever. Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Then I watched this movie Glory and it's trying to make me feel things. And I hated the ending because they all die. And I was like, that sucks. They all die. And I just took it at face value as a movie, not as real life, historically accurate. (laughs) And I remember even saying to somebody, well, they should have changed the ending if that's what really happened. And going like, what you change the ending? Yeah. Somebody should have lived. 
And uh, then, of course, later on, I watch it again and go, what was I thinking? Of course, this is like a powerful movie. And this ending, you know, the bodies, you know, Matthew Broderick's body falls over on Denzel's body or whatever and everything. It's just like very powerful imagery and their sacrifice and stuff. But um, I thought in Rogue One... I would love even, you know, I've seen the movie only twice, but I was even thinking about, I, I wish it would have been more gut wrenching. Like that moment where, uh, stormtroopers throwing the bodies, (laughs) (laughs) they're throwing, uh, like you're, you're wanting to like the blind guy's body on the other guy. Right. They're rolling him into a pit or something. Oh, what, people you, you like, see, like covering World their War children. II crap, you know? Yeah, like saving like, Private Ryan. A, 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 a stormtrooper walking around holding his arm with his other hand. He's just like stumbling around blindly. Stuff, <laughs> but uh, Ken, I want to talk to you about a movie called Whiplash. You know, it was like a huge Oscar darling. You know, J.K. Simmons won an Oscar for it. But I, it's been coming on stars, I think, multiple times. Have you seen it Not about yet. the drummer guy? And I was watching the movie at again face value, like, oh, you know, the guy's got a teacher or whatever. But then I was like, wait a second, this film is not about this. This, it's, I think, almost like uh, J.K. Simmons as the teacher who is hard on him. He's just like he's a tyrant. Trying yeah. to get the best performance he can, even if he makes you hate his guts, as long as you stay driven and you get this moment of beautiful music playing, you know. And I'm wondering if, like, maybe J.K. Simmons isn't even real. It's the movie is showing us this is what it's like someone who's driven and obsessed. This is what obsession looks like. This is what someone who is a uh, a perfectionist. Who's completely, uh, you know, I keep using the word obsessed, but driven, obsessed, insanity. Like, have you ever heard, like, uh, people, genius is a form of mental, you know, like, it's, I almost think that uh, Whiplash is kind of about that. So, uh, Ken, give me your thoughts on that. Okay, Ken, thank you so much for that. And we've got another voicemail, this from... Wait, who is who sent this? Not Bay Area guy. The Bay? other, the other one. B- Barry is that Barry? Guy named Barry. I was like, not Barry. <laughs> I know it is. It's the check you later, man. It's Adam Saxton. Let's check it out. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. This is Adam Saxton. Sending you some voicemail feedback. Uh, I will be in the chat room tonight. I'm at home. And uh, we'll be uh, listening in on the live uh, feed. So I look forward to tonight's episode. It's good to see the ETL crew is still going strong in uh, 2017 and uh, onward. Uh, first things first, uh, Jason, I think these last couple of uh, Chuck series companion epi- episodes have been great, uh, as they usually are. And, yeah, the countdown to the end of the season is coming, and I'm halfway looking forward to it. Another way, I'm going to be missing the season because this is kind of my favorite. But maybe uh, as you continue to cover these further, these uh, next seasons, uh, maybe my opinions can change. And that uh, that seems to be a very exciting prospect for me. 
uh, I uh, worked last night, so I missed uh, any video feeds of the Nintendo Switch uh, presentation. I've been been on YouTube uh, earlier today uh, watching uh, reaction videos from Kind of Funny and uh, Easy Allies. Yeah, and uh, it looks cool. I think it's uh, it's definitely an improvement in terms of uh, design, uh, even though. I don't know if I uh, would ever be using the handheld. I, I I will not be taking this thing out on the road with me. That's that's for sure. It looks like it just I, I could just easily damage it or something. But uh, the price seems reasonable, at least for a new console. And there, yes, there's the Super Mario Odyssey. There's Zelda Breath of the Wind. I think that's what it's called. And uh, those two games <laughs> alone will called. be enough, Breath of course. Of just like the past two Nintendo consoles, trying to get your hands on one when this thing comes out for like the first year or so is going to be next to impossible. But seeing how I rarely, I, I never, never mind rarely, I never buy consoles at launch. So that's this is something I can sit on. But in the meantime, I uh, I will be uh, reading and listening to uh, news and reactions. And uh, I think this is an, uh, a very exciting time to be uh, a Nintendo fan and uh, to be interested in whatever new products they have. Uh, I know due to your episode announcement that you plan to talk about Lethal Weapon adding, adding Leo, Leo Gats to their cast. And the good news is that, at least for this season, it's only going to be one episode. But Much to my discipline. Look, just get it out of your system. I know you're doing this just to piss me off, and it's working. Just get it out of your system. And make it brief and uh, move on to the next subject because, really, I mean, the joke just sucks. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, any other news or. Uh, I mean, I'm just, as far as games, I'm still playing uh, Titanfall 2 and Overwatch and been enjoying uh, those games. I've uh, also been playing this really difficult side scroller called Volgar the Viking. Now, this came out on PC originally and it was added to PlayStation Network last month. And uh, I spent the last hour of 2016 trying to clear the second zone and couldn't do it. And I. Uh, found out that the game was uh, cross-buy, so it could be put on my Vita, my PlayStation Vita. And uh, earlier this morning, I managed to finally beat that second boss, but now I'm in a third world where I'm getting my ass kicked, and I'm going to have to muscle memory my way through that one as well. So, uh, Volga the Viking, it's it's kind of like a mixture of Altered Beast, but as difficult as uh, Ghosts and Goblins. So, uh, wow. It's uh, $10 on PSN if you're so inclined. I'll understand if you're not, but uh, it's. I think it's a great game. I, I got inspired to play it after uh, watching this super cut of uh, Brad Shoemaker from Giant Bomb uh, trying to, uh, trying to uh, play the game, and it's like 45 hours of him dying over and over again. It's, it's one <laughs> of the most Lord. hilarious things I've ever seen. So anyway, uh, guys, I'll, like I said before, I'll be looking forward to the episode. I will most likely be playing a game like Titanfall 2 while listening in, but it's great to see you guys uh, gathering together, talking about cool stuff, and uh, we're going to make it through this, hopefully, this less uh, brutal year uh, together, and that's how we'll always get through everything together. 
So uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, break a leg tonight, and I'll speak to you later. Leader. Bye. Oh, you didn't say you leader. Thank you so much, Adam. You know, uh, the thing about the Switch is I would never buy it for myself in a million years just looking at it. I mean, I think it looks neat, but I would never buy it. I it, it looks like a thing for a kid, hence, you know, getting it for my daughter for her room. I couldn't see actually wanting it as an adult unless I just needed to own every console or something like that. If I just collected things or whatever. But I it's true, if I think about it from the point of view of if it was me, I yes I'd like to play Zelda. Yes I'd like to play that Mario game, but do I want to own the systems? I haven't owned any of the other ones. Why start now, you know? Or, and stuff like that. As for um, Leo Getz, come on, Adam, this is for okay, you. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, here, okay, 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 wonderful actor worst acting ever by him in a movie or is that home alone 2 <laughs> oh that's a toss-up there yeah wow then uh, lethal weapon 4 he had it right adam it's pretty bad but it'll be fantastic to see what thomas lennon does with that role am i right oh it's just gonna be Heck good yeah. stuff it'll be the best yeah my favorite joe pesci of course is goodfellas joe pesci Heck yeah. <laughs> really? That's all I got, huh? You know, that's Steven, you know, you think I'm a clown? Do I am I here to amuse you? Don't go busting my balls, Billy, okay? But he did the okay there. <laughs> hey, you okay? And all that kind of stuff? Hey, what's that movie that bug on me? <laughs> well guys, that was our show. That was ETL News. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate it very much. Steven, thank you much, so much for joining me to talk about ridiculous stories and all Green that Green Lantern kind of was my favorite. <laughs> Green Lantern, yeah. <laughs> I held that till the very end because I knew it was going to be good stuff. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Ken and Adam, thank you for your voicemails and for listening in the chat room at Mixler.com slash podcast, where everybody can listen to the show live. It would be wicked awesome. I see that someone elsewhere is also listening. Whoever you are, thank you for listening elsewhere. Guys, that's our show. And I want to remind you to go to... I don't remember the name of the website, Stephen. What is it? ETLandfill.com There you will find links to all of our previous shows. And you will find links to us on the Twitters. And you could join us in the uh, Entertainment Landfill Fan Club on the Facebook and uh, all that kind of stuff. 
Also, if you want, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Much like Adam Sexton and Ken Preventure. It's awesome. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. And, uh, huh, Steven, anything else you can think of? Um, got nothing? Got nothing. I got nothing over here. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, uh, check you later, man. <laughs> check you later, man. Ah, good stuff. Yeah. Make a big spectacle of yourself. Yeah, don't make a spectacle of yourself. Uh, all of the Robert Downey's like, oh, you insult him a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I've always loved that bit there. So, you know, you insult him a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit uh, you insult him. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And what are you waiting for? Huh? I mean, come on. Oh, by the way, let me before I let me stop that shtick for a second. Uh, I have recorded the latest Chuck series companion, Adam, and I'm editing it right now. And you know what's so so funny is right I now you're doing this show. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I recorded the last two Chuck episodes like within uh, days, like a week apart or whatever, like four days apart or something and then I recorded this one after I put out that most recent one and I was you know recorded it started editing it and then it was like and like my drive just like what happened I was like all gung ho is full steam ahead and then I just like I think I'd rather take a nap and I think what it's it's burnout you can I you know I can burn out like if I do too much at once like i'm like oh i need to get the whole chuck series companion how do i do this whole run and i've been spacing it out like one a month or whatever i'm like no 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 i'm gonna get like four done this month and it's just like exhausting all that (laughs) editing and uh i was like you know i'm gonna play some xbox instead (laughs) it's just like all that editing man it's just depressing but i'm gonna get it done damn it and i'm hopefully get it out uh next week i will get it out next week now hopefully i'm gonna do it steven and then we're gonna do season two episode 22 of chuck and then season three starts and that's a whole new ball game you know what i'm saying it's gonna be awesome so guys what are you waiting for huh? go out there and watch some movies huh? play some video games play some video games we'll watch some television show hey you know what just you know started on uh, the Netflix is the series of unfortunate events the lemony snickers yeah the lemony snickers the lemony snickers <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, the lemony snickers uh, and you know I just caught up on the Degrassi the new class you know mm-hmm. I know I'm too old to watch that show but I love Canadian melodrama <laughs> Steven it's so good all cut up on that so I can't wait to watch the lemony sniglets or whatever it's called that Brad Hall does it something you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> so guys you're gonna watch that Wait, wait for play some video games, and I'll see you next time. Woohoo! All right, everybody, that's it. That's the show. Hours of work were put into doing something else, but these guys they delivered in less than two hours what no one else has even attempted. They bullshitted their way into your ear canals. Check you later, man. All right, Stephen. Good show. All right. Bye-bye, man. Oh, no!
podcasting. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case. Oh, man.